Welcome once again to Your Words Against Mine, the competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your brother, co-host Thomas Dempsey. I'm your sister, co-host Elizabeth Connor. And it's that last week of school. Yeah. Are you all getting excited? Yeah, um, we are. I think the kids were pretty excited. Today was... Today was kind of... Was basically, like, my last day teaching. It's not my last day of work, but, um... Like I class proper. Yeah, like I'm got like I taught classes today, and I'm really not gonna teach anymore for the rest of the week because the rest of the week is like helping out with programs and stuff, and packing up sure. my packing up my classroom and my office at my respective schools. I get you. So yeah, that's that's. I mean, it's work, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's work. It's just a different kind of work. Yeah. And speaking of work, I may be having a bit of it myself before too long. Remains to be seen, but had myself a honest to goodness job interview with like a suit and tie and everything. Woohoo! So I'll be, uh, I'll be talking more about that once I learn whether or not I, uh, I got it because it was last Wednesday and they said I'd be hearing back within a week. Yeah. Or to reach out to them after a week, give them another couple days. Yep. Hope to hear back. Because it's a really good job. Was really excited about it. But uh, we'll just see. Yep. Yep. Uh, apart from that, the uh, other big thing. We've had a couple big things going on around this way. Uh, first thing was, uh, got a new shower put in. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty. Yeah, it's got, uh, it's not marble, but it's like marble paneling. Yeah. That looks real good. And it's a, we used to have like a shower bath combo sort of deal mm-hmm. you have to step over the rim and do it all and now we've got a much larger like just shower sit up mm-hmm. with a full-on glass sliding door and i've used it a couple times last couple days and it worked quite nice good it's yeah we only got the one nozzle now so none of, none of that whole mixing and matching hot and cold taps sort of thing yeah yep but uh, and it it's all and like I said it's marble so uh, it brightens up the room. The old one was like a, sort of a brown, yeah, umber color, yeah. But uh, which which was fine. But you know, and we're gonna be taking good care of this one. I think uh, I've gotten into the habit of wiping it down with like a microfiber cloth to prevent soap scum. Oh yes, mom told me all about it earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll try and stay on top of that. I won't say that was m- a lot of the reason that we got rid of the old shower. G- goodness knows there were other issues with it, but it was certainly becoming a problem. Yeah. I feel like as much like polishing as I've had to do for work in the past, that if you can invest in like an electric buffer, yeah, then it's that's a sound investment because... Mm-hmm. That just sort of like, I don't know, it's just a hassle. They they got it put in pretty quickly, too. Last Friday came around. Mm-hmm. And they got here pretty much 8 o'clock sharp. And I think we're pretty much done by about 2 or 3 that afternoon. Okay. Which you, but obviously was like quite noisy in terms of like cutting everything up. You couldn't just remove the old bathtub wholesale. Just had to chop it up into tiny little pieces. Yeah. Yeah, Mom yeah, said the cats were freaked out. Yeah, they didn't come out until that evening. They were they're they're better now. Okay. 
Yeah, so you, you got anything else going on? Let's see here. It has also been, it's been pretty, it's been busy since our last episode. Um, I finished Queen Charlotte. All right, you were I, talking about that. Yeah, I finished Queen Charlotte, and I kept seeing, like, I kept seeing things about, like, how the last episode made people cry. So I'm just sitting here going, oh my god, like just waiting for it. Like just waiting for some tragedy. And okay, like I I did cry at the last episode, but I I am going to go ahead and spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it for people, but I guess I am going to kind of like a does the dog die kind of spoiling. Okay. You know, it's not tear inducing because of anything sad or anything tragic, I guess. I guess it is sad in the way that it is sweet okay so um but yeah i really enjoyed it um highly recommend don't watch it with your parents that would be awkward Uh, right so let's see i finished that i turned in my component for national board that was this past wednesday and that was like that was just like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders oh yeah when i got like when i I finally got everything done and turned everything in. It was just like, oh, finally, I can, like, kind of breathe. Um, Right. I'm still doing my gifted and talented class. It's going well so far. Okay. I went to the beach this past weekend on a girls' trip. Oh, I didn't hear about that. That's fun. Yeah, so so it was a small group. It was just me and and two other girls, and... uh, and we went down to the beach. We went down Friday and, like, went to a seafood buffet and did, like, crab legs. Yeah. We did that Friday night. And then Saturday, we, like, got up and went and ate breakfast and, like, went to the little pancake house down the street and had breakfast and, like, had to do some running around. Went on the beach and went in the hot tub. And then um, and then another friend of ours who, she did not stay with us at the hotel, but she lives close to the beach. Her husband's in a band and they were performing Saturday night. So we met them at this like bar and restaurant and watched her husband's band for a couple hours. Okay. Um but I can I can assuredly tell you that like girls nights at 35, almost 36 look very yeah. different than girls nights at 26. Oh. Like sure. I think Friday and Saturday night, I think we were all in the bed by 11. Oh. And we we all, I was the last one to wake up on both days, Saturday and Sunday, and I was awake at like 7 or 7.30. Okay. 11 o'clock is about the time I went to bed before my interview last Wednesday, and to give you some sense of how much sleep I need, my interview was the next morning at 11. Yeah. I just took no chances on that one. Didn't want to risk sleeping in or doing what all. Right. Well, I mean, it's also a little bit of a trek to get to where your interview was. So, I mean, it's not that much further out than where uh, one of my older jobs was. But uh, it's still, it's the sort of thing you got to get in the habit of uh, planning around commute-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and... Yeah. So I, I probably, so I think I woke up like Saturday, either, I think I woke up Saturday morning and like the back of my throat was kind of tickly and dry and I just kind of figured it was, you know, sleeping somewhere different, like the humidity is not what your body's used to and like kind of didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. 
And then I kind of started, like, having some more congestion yesterday. Okay. And I got home from the beach, and my husband was, like, not feeling well, and he was also super congested. So, like, just to be safe, we took some at-home COVID tests, and his came out positive, but mine has been negative. Okay. So... I asked my boss because, you know, like the federal emergency, I guess, has been lifted. So there's not really like any protocols that anyone has to follow. Yeah. So I asked my boss, like, hey, what do I do? And she was just like, well, if you feel sick, like, don't come to work. But if you feel just kind of icky, but you're like, yeah, I can come to work, then maybe take another at-home test in the morning. Yeah. And if it's negative then and you, sh- and you feel like you can work, then come on to work. So that's what I did. And I just, I just made sure to wear a mask. Okay. While I was at work, just in case, because I did take another test this morning, and it was still negative. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I've been, uh, I don't know, I felt a little coffee a little bit ago, but it could just be my throat's dry. I yeah. I'll look about getting something to drink in a minute. But, uh, oh, one more th- big thing that uh, has happened to me in recent weeks. Uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out from the Switch. <laughs> And I've been just dumping hours into that game. That is some big news. Are you news. familiar with it at all? Not really, no. Okay, well, it's the new open-world Zelda game from Nintendo. You play Link, you run around Hyrule doing stuff. There's a new mechanic in this game where you can fuse objects together and build vehicles and machines. Uh-huh. Like, sort of changes the way you engage with, like, moving across a landscape. You're not just, like riding a horse or climbing up mountains you're also like constructing dune buggies and fashioning sailboats to go down rivers and whatnot yeah it's a great it's a good time i've definitely put at least 20 i mean i was gonna say i've at least put 20 hours into it so far but even that feels conservative yeah uh to give you some idea i believe in the first month of playing the previous open world zelda game breath of the wild uh-huh. I played it pretty much every day for a month, and across that time, put in about 150 hours. Okay. But uh, that that was pretty much like the entire my the entire game. So uh, yeah, I'll keep you updated on how this one goes. I'm about I'm coming up on like the second mainline story location. Uh huh. But there's obviously a bunch of side quests and uh, ancillary activities you can do in and around like the mainline narrative so, uh-huh yeah it's a good time okay good and it's uh the first main it's the first major title from nintendo that's being priced at a baseline of 70 dollars as opposed to 60 okay but through some uh pricing shenanigans i was able to get it down for t- to about 45 okay yeah because i bought it as part of a bundle that bumped its price down to $50 proper, and then I had some store credit at GameStop that I was able to use on it. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much been it for me. Uh, any last more words you want to get in before we start talking books? Something bit me while I was at the beach. Uh-oh. I don't know what it was. Like, a... like the only I was the only one to get bitten. So, um... Well, like a bug? Yeah, like some kind of bug. But, like, Uh-oh. I've never had... I've never had a blister come up from a bug bite. Yeah. How's that? Did you get it looked at? Well, no, but I made an appointment to get it looked at. 
Okay, well, I mean, I guess if it hadn't killed you by now. Yeah, and, and if it gets better before my appointment, like, I'll cancel the appointment. But I'm just kind of like, hey, um, this is not normal. Right. I showed it to the school nurse today, and I, I was like, is this a spider bite? And she said no. At least I don't think, she, at least she didn't think it was. Yeah, that would be my concern. It's weird. I guess it could have been like a jellyfish. Well, no, I didn't get in the ocean. Oh. At least not past my ankles. Okay. Well, that's weird. You'll have to let us know how it goes. I will. I'll keep you posted. So, you want to talk books general, or where you, how you want to play this? Okay. So, again, I'm just going to come straight out the gate. Well, I didn't read the book for the challenge, but we our, I don't think our audience knows that we changed the book at the last minute. Yes. Now, did you read the book that you changed it to? No. All right. But, okay, so I'll let you fill the uh, listener okay. in then if you want. So... I am prepared to talk about the book that we, that the new book for the challenge. I am prepared to talk about like what I have seen on social media about it, but like I haven't read it and it's currently sitting in the mailbox because I did buy it off of Amazon. Okay. I did read some books. That's good. Just not. Uh, How many books? I read four. All right. I read, including the challenge for this week, I read three, but one of them doesn't count towards the word total. Oh, okay. We'll we'll see. Okay. I'll see. All right. Well, I read four books, but three of them are from the same series. Okay. So I guess I'll talk about the one book that's like by itself, which is technically the first book in a series. I just haven't read the other books in the series because to be honest while I enjoyed this book I don't know if I'm going to continue with the series because it was not what I thought it was going to be alright that's fine okay so so the first book or the book I'm going to talk about right now is called The Guest with Claws written by Ella Maven uh huh and the book on like because I, I, it's a Kindle Unlimited book I found it because like an ad popped up on Facebook and then I like down and then I got it or downloaded it. Um, to me, it was advertised as like a monster mystery or like a monster romance, which I have talked about on the show before. Right. And it is, but it's not. Okay. It was one of those books where it was like, okay, yes, technically this is a monster mystery, but there's like aliens involved and there's actually like a pretty detailed backstory that like you have to understand for why the events are happening to the characters so i really really enjoyed it it was actually it was a pretty short book for as much as it had in it and then and like the series continues i just i'm not 100 percent sure if i'm going to continue the series okay and i don't remember and like i read it long enough ago that like i don't really remember any of the characters names but the main ki- the, the the girl so she is so this takes place in like a kind of dystopian ish future America. Yeah. Where you know like humanity or the world has been kind of just like bebopping along and then these mysterious nuclear attacks have been happening. Oof. But no one would take credit for them. No one knows where they're coming from and no one knows why they're happening. So obviously okay. like politics and and social change has to happen yeah so the main character she has had really really inconvenient and painful medical issues since the death of her parents and so she is in massive massive amounts of debt of medical debt and the way that debt is handled is if you can't pay your debt 
then you have to go to like a debtor's camp. Okay. Where you have to work like 18 hours a day or like 18 to 20 hours a day. And you either pay back your debt or you die. Like that's just the way it is. So she gets this. So she gets a job interview at like this luxury hotel that's in the city where she lives. And she gets hired. Okay. And basically all she does is she like runs deliveries to different rooms. So she's like, I guess a bellboy or like a bell person. Yeah. And like all of the guests in the hotel are very human-ish, but there's like something a little off with them. Like she'll notice that some of the guests have like too many, like they're like they have too many fingers or they smell weird or their pupils are like a weird shape or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But she's just kind of like, you know what? Like I'm getting, I mean, she's making bank, like she's making killer amounts of money. Okay. And she attracts the attention of one of the longtime guests. He's not really sure why he's. You know, he's like, I'm not really sure why I'm fascinated with this person because he is several centuries old and he's like, I have not been this enamored with a human for like 200 years or something. Yeah. And and then, and then it just kind of like spirals from there. Like you find out why he's interested in her. You find out there's a little bit more about her than meets the eye. You find out like why all the people in this hotel are like kind of weird looking and like I said, it's all very complicated, and I know that I tend to, like, ramble when it comes to plots and when it comes to, like, the details and backstories about books. But when I say yeah. this is too much to get into, it's too much to get into. All right. But I would recommend it. Like, it's a good book. Okay. Well, uh, I'll talk about uh, one of my other two books. I'll start with the one that I can't really count uh, for word total-wise. Although, uh, spoiler, I will be making this my... Um, my bingo pick for this week uh, under the title graphic novel or category graphic novel I read Band Book Club by Kim Hyun Suk Ko Young Ju and Ryan Estrada Okay. it is a graphic novel about sort of I, I think loosely autobiographical obviously I think, I'm sure elements are dramatized about a college student named Kim who is go, the first in her family to go to college they are living in uh, South Korea in the 1980s, which um, if you don't know in much about Korean history, mm-hmm. this was a period when uh, South Korea was pretty much under like a military dictatorship. Okay. Uh, and and it's and they've like democratized, like reasserted democracy in recent years, and then recently I think uh, one of the children of the previous dictator got elected into power and returned to Old Town, but then they elected somebody else to office, so it's just been a very volatile sort of political situation over there. But the scope of this story is that Kim is the first in her family to go to college. She is studying Western literature, and uh, she gets wrapped up in a lot of the anti-government protests that were going on in the 1980s. Uh, by way of she joins a book club a college book club that turns out to be dedicated to subversive and banned literature Uh uh-huh so like there's a lot of writing about like famous historical revolutionaries and political philosophers and what have you and it's just the story of her sort of becoming more politically engaged and conscious about world history then also sort of balancing that against her strained relationship with her family and their history and lives and 
the things they've had to sacrifice for. So it's a very nuanced book, I think, despite being very much framed towards a young readership. Mm-hmm. It's uh, for as much as it alludes to the darkness of the times in question, it doesn't get so harrowing that it wouldn't be appropriate for, I think, like uh, middle grade. Yeah. You're definitely learning about some, like, a lot of the rough stuff that was going on back then. Yeah, I uh, really enjoyed it. I think it gets a hearty recommendation. Okay. Uh, yeah. And it was that called was what again? Band, Band Book Club by Kim Hyun Suk, Ko Hyung Joo, and Ryan Estrada. Okie dokie. And that is my pick for graphic novel. Okay. Bill, what was the trilogy you read? Well, it wasn't a trilogy. It was books three, four, and five in the Bridgerton series. Oh, going back and reading those. Yeah. So I had read, um, or I read books one and two, God, like the first year we did this podcast. Right. And I think those were actually rereads for me. Um, okay. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I've read the first two books, okay? And then I've seen the... And then I've seen all the Bridgerton shows, or all the seasons of the Bridgerton shows and the spinoff and all that stuff. So anyway, I was like, okay, well, I want to read um, more. So I read An Offer from a Gentleman, which is about Benedict, the second oldest, and his love interest, Sophie. Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, which is about Colin, the third oldest, and Penelope. And To Sir Philip with Love, which is about Eloise and Philip. Okay. And then I'm currently reading um, When He Was Wicked, which is about Francesca, Francesca and Michael. Okay. I so think, Was that the one I read? Yeah, you no, read... Because I read two of them. Yeah, you read To Sir Philip with Love, and you read When He Was Wicked. Okay. And I remember you talking about, like, timeline issues, which, I, which are now becoming apparent to me, since I am... Since I've read To Sir Philip, and uh, now that I'm reading... When he was wicked. Okay. The show. So anyway, like the show is actually going to is going to skip Benedict season, uh-huh. or they're just going to delay it, I guess. And right. uh, Colin and Penelope's story is going to be season three. Okay. Even though it's book four, it's going to be season three because right. you know just because of the way that the television show works, events have become accelerated, and so it's kind of imperative to the show that. Colin and Penelope go ahead and have their story told now. Yeah. So anyway, Benedict, or so, uh, an offer from a gentleman, which is Benedict and Sophie's story, is about Sophie is the illegitimate child of an earl. And she is, and her grandmother drops her off at his doorstep when she's like, I don't know, five, four, maybe. Okay. Anyway, she's, she like, she's little. And he had yep. no idea that she existed and all this stuff. But he takes her in and, yep. you know, to everybody, he claims her as a ward. Okay. He, he says, this is my ward. And, you know, and then while he doesn't love her and he doesn't facilitate like a, like he doesn't facilitate like a legitimate father, daughter, or guardian ward, like relationship, he provides her with the best that he knows. So like, she's got all the best tutors. She receives all kinds of lessons. Fast forward to when she's like seven, he gets married and he brings home a a stepmother for her, or he brings home a wife and her two daughters. And then it gets kind of very Cinderella-y. So 
the main conflict with Sophie and Benedict is Sophie does not want to have an affair or like be the mistress of um, a nobleman. She wants to, or a gentleman. She wants to like get married. She wants her, she wants her children to have the legitimacy that she was denied as a child. And because of Benedict's place in society, like he doesn't, in his brain, he's like, well, that's not what's done because you know, you're who you are and I'm who I am. So that's where the biggest conflict comes from in the story. Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, it's Penelope has... Penelope, who is a friend of uh, Eloise, or she and Eloise are best friends. Penelope has loved Colin Bridgerton, like, since she was 17. She, like, I mean, like, for forever, she has loved this man. And, like, she's kind of chubby. Or, like, when she first came out into society, like, she was kind of chubby she wasn't super attractive and 11 years has gone by and she has, you know, she's like, she's lost weight. She's grown into her own and she is very, very smart and witty and funny, but she's also shy. So she, so a lot of people, unless you're just already close to her, like don't see that side of her. And Colin has been away, like traveling the world. And so when he comes back, he and Penelope kind of reconnect. They've always been friends, but now he's now that he's back, he starts to see her a different way. And yeah. I guess the main conflict here is just kind of dealing with like like both of them are having to overcome their insecurities, but they don't like like most romance novels, they don't know how to communicate this stuff to each other. Okay. Well, I enjoyed what of the t- I enjoyed what of the series I've read, so I'd be I mean, I'd be interested in checking out those books if the the opportunity presented itself. Yeah. And then on the show, we've talked about we've uh, talked about Sir Philip with love before, but it's um, it's Eloise's story. A a distant cousin of theirs was like married to this guy. The distant cousin, the the cousin dies. She starts a correspondence with the husband, and then she just like takes off during the night to go meet him. Yeah, yeah, you can go back and that was like one of the first episodes. It we was, ever did. I think that was the first episode where like we talked about a challenge. So if you want to go back and listen to that, uh, by all means. The other book I read outside of this week's challenge was a, I think no, not quite the shortest book I've read this year, but definitely up there. It is another novelette by Laszlo Krasnohorkai, uh, author of Spade Work for a Palace which is a book I talked about a couple weeks mm-hmm. back. Uh, this one is called Chasing Homer, and it is a tone piece, basically. It is roughly 50 pages of text. All it is is the inner monologue of this dude in some like Slavic or Scandinavian country somewhere on the run from unknown, potentially unreal assailants. Uh-huh. And it's basically just the running inner monologue of this parano- like chronic paranoia. Par- What's the word for somebody with paranoia? Uh, uh, paranoid. Yeah, but like a like somebody like a paran like an act. Uh, I feel I feel like there's a word for it. Anyway, this guy's just uh, on the run constantly, seemingly like in ways that should be impossible like he talks about never sleeping and hardly eating i will say there's a twist at the very end of the story that 
does sort of shed an, a new light on some of the preceding text, but honestly, I could have like taken it or left it. It's the sort of writing where if it ends ambiguously or it ends in a way that doesn't really make sense, you don't really care. And in fact, it sort of feels more appropriate than the author going out of their way to have some bit of information tie things yeah. together. So I was definitely enjoying it more up to a point when the narrative became a bit more coherent and then at the very end with things sort of like tying up. Yeah, it was just, uh, I'd say, kind of a step down from the previous book of this guy's that I've read, but uh, I, mean, I would still enjoyed it for what it was worth, and like I said, it's only 50 pages, so it was hardly any time spent. Mm-hmm. Uh, one interesting factor about it that's I'll note is that along with each chapter is a is a QR code mm-hmm. that if you scan with your phone takes you to a web page where you can click on music that has been composed specifically for the book. Yeah. And so like each chapter has its own song that I guess you're meant to listen to while reading okay. it. But for some reason I started reading it just the other week. And when I started reading it, I would do like that. I'd scan each, you know, code and get the music and listen to it. For those first couple of days uh, that I was sort of dipping in and out of this book, it worked fine. But then this past weekend, I kept trying to revisit that website and it just wouldn't huh. take. Like all of the, I kept getting like 404 errors with each of the pages where the music was supposed to be uploaded. And I couldn't find it like streaming anywhere else. So... I've listened to about like two thirds of the soundtrack for this okay. book, and it's largely just like ambient percussion, sort of in keeping with like the paranoid yeah. tone. Yeah. So it's it's very it was it's more interesting than anything, and uh, if that's sort of thing you're interested in, uh, okay, yeah, check it out. All right. So I think uh, we've been talking for a fair bit here, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to. Straighten out what it all's been going on with this reading yep. challenge. And welcome back to your words against mine, a competitive reading podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us after the break. Prior to the break, we talked about things we were reading, things we have not been reading, and now we're going to get into um, the twisty turns of this week's challenge. All right. So previously, you had a sign for us. Oh goodness sakes, my contact is <coughs> losing its mind. Ah, all right. Well, that, that, that's I hate when that happens. Okay, yeah. A month back, you assigned for us to read uh, Hillary Mantel's Wolf yes. House. Wolf Hall. How far have you started or got? I did into not it? start it. Okay, I got about a hundred pages uh-huh. in. Yeah, but I'm quite enjoying what I've read of it so far. It's essentially like uh, Game of Thrones set in Victorian right. England, or not Victorian. Uh, Whenever the like Anne Boleyn stuff was going yeah. down, yeah. So it's uh it's a good it's a good read so far. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it, and I presume we're gonna be talking about it again, proper in the yeah. future. But uh, for the time being, I we sort of opted midstream to switch up reading challenges because a very interesting thing happened in the internet book sphere. That uh, uh, did you want to take? Yeah take it up to yeah. talk about so i was on tiktok and i saw um 
and this TikTok or came across my my for you page, and it's and it was talking about the book how to how to lose the time war. This is this how is you how lose you lose the time, the time war. war, and it was. Can, am I allowed to say? Can I say the Twitter? Can I say the Twitter handle's name? <laughs> I think okay. it's fun. So the the. I guess creator of this TikTok, uh, she was summarizing what had happened with this book. Um, so basically, Twitter user Bigalus Dickalus went onto Twitter. Bigalus Dickalus Wolfheart. Yeah, um, Bigalus Dickalus Wolfheart went onto like went onto Twitter and he was like, or this person was like, you need to read this book. It's you know sci-fi lesbians it's it's fantastic it's it's really really short like you just everyone needs to read it and sales went through the roof yeah and it's, it's funny i don't even know like how popular this uh twitter guy was prior to this but obviously i think there were like various e- ecosystems operating in a sort of feedback loop yeah whereas Twitter account specifically was aimed as like uh, anime mm-hmm. fandom, and uh, I guess people from the fandom who follow this guy got into the book and then started sharing it. And then people who are more on like a general book talk, book web sort of sphere got wind of this happening and got in on the book. And then the auth- the book's authors got in on it and started posting about it online, and so. It just sort of, it was this confluence of reinforcement that yeah. just resulted in this book shooting up the book sales charts. And uh, last I checked, it peaked at number six on the New York Times bestseller paperback list. Uh huh. And I think it was for a time the number one selling ebook on Amazon. It says, so I'm on the Amazon charts, and it said, which is the top. 20 most sold and most read books of the week and it is currently number four okay but uh, this was about a week ago that i think all this went down so yeah or maybe a little bit and so i send it to thomas who he then sends me a screenshot where he's purchased the book and says hey why don't we just make this book our challenge read and i'm like yeah this sounds great and i was like well you know it's a short read I know I've got this, like, girl's trip coming up, but I know I'm going to spend, like, a good bit of time reading. So I had every intention of, like, purchasing the book on Friday prior to going on my trip. Right. And then a whole bunch of stuff happened on Friday that prevented me from doing that. Sure. And we don't have to get into that now, but let me just tell you, it was a lot. Okay. It was a lot. And so I purchased the book last night or yesterday because I was able to get overnight shipping, like free overnight shipping from Amazon. And that's why it's sitting in my mailbox because I was like, oh, well, I can I can get home and I can like, you know, I might not be able to finish it, but I can like read some of it and be able to talk about it. And then the craziness of the last week of school happened and I didn't get home when I thought I was supposed to. Okay, I think it's understandable. You've had a lot of stuff going on. And uh, in the meantime, I guess I'll just give a more, I guess, informed summary of what the book is. Yeah. Even though they, I think the tweet that got the whole thing started was very much a kind of don't know anything about this book going in. Right. 
but uh, I'll give you just sort of the broad strokes. You kind of already outlined a lot of the major themes. Uh, it's a sci-fi novel, or novella, as the case may be. There are two central characters, each of whom is on the opposite side of the titular time war. They take up a correspondence, despite being, in practical terms, mortal enemies. Uh -huh. And it's very much in line with the literary trope uh, for enemies to lovers. Yeah. If that's your jam and you like seeing characters bounce around between various historical and science fiction time frames and settings, then uh, give this one a look. All right. I will say, yeah, uh, you know, don't think too hard about it uh, if you're the type of person to pick up on certain elements of a story and just sort of theoreticize just yeah. sort of go in with an open mind and take as it take it as it goes let the story play out as intended so don't don't try and get out ahead of it is what i'm saying okay yeah i, I think that's a fair advisory but uh i i i'll say this much at least i really love this book it's got two authors max gladstone and um amal el multar uh-huh I can't say if it's like each of them was writing for one of the two central characters or if there was like a more close-knit collaboration going on. Because it, it definitely feels holistic, despite there being two writers. So you presume that they were each informing the other in terms of what made it in? Yeah. Right. That, but, uh, you know, that would be really, that's really cool, though, if, um, if that's how they did it. Like, one author was for one character the other author was for the other yeah i i could have seen that being interesting but again i can't really say for sure because it does feel like there's like a single voice throughout despite both characters feeling distinct from one another yeah it doesn't feel like you're reading it, do, it the tone of it or the quality of the language being employed doesn't feel dissimilar mm-hmm and I, I haven't read that many books like that, sh excepting books like works of translation. Yeah. Where you could argue that the translator is a kind of co-author. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, this was, uh, yeah, this was an interesting experience for me. All right. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's um, all that talk done. I think, uh, for the time being at least. In the meantime, do you want to just go ahead and talk book total? Uh, book number? Word totals? Word totals. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let me see here. Let me get pulled up. Okay. So I read four books since our last episode yep. for a subtotal of 466,794 words. Yep. Which brings my year-to-date total up to 2,308,595 words. And that puts me at 22.9% of my 2021 word count. Okie doke. I definitely see your totals shooting up with the summer month coming up. Now that I'm kind of hopefully over the hump of the of my reader fatigue. Yeah. I hope, I hope that to be the case. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> so, uh, personally, um, I had a subtotal for this week of about... 60,580 words mm -hmm. between Time War and uh, Chasing Homer 
added to my previous word total that get, puts me at 2,603,705 words, which makes up about 58.7% of my peak word total from 2021. Catching up on you. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting it's getting there. <laughs> Keeping it interesting. Oh yeah. And I've got several other books I've been sort of dipping in and out of that I just need to really just get in back into. But like I said, uh, Tears of the Kingdom has really been consuming a lot of my free time as of late. So yeah, yeah, it might it might take some doing. Did you have any books this week that you wanted to submit for bingo? Okay. Um, what categories have I already taken care of? You have taken care of. Uh, assigned book for tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay. Lab girl for biography. You had sleeping giants for sci-fi. Monster match for romance. Cabin at the end of the world for horror. You had uh, how long till Black Future Month for short story. You had uh, fever dream for South American. You had uh, long way down for young adult. And you had Gilmat for book published this year okay here's my question what is your definition of historical fiction i was gonna say yeah i i would be inclined just to say any book basically like a period piece so any book like written with a specific time uh historical period in mind okay uh, it, it can or cannot like tie into overarching historical events but uh I'm not too precious with that sort of thing. Okay. Because I was about to say, the only thing that I could see is, that could come close is using one of the Bridgerton books to cover historical fiction. I think that'd be fine. Okay. Uh, anyone you want to go with in particular? Let's go with my favorite one that I read uh, over the last two weeks, which would be To Sir Philip with Love. Is it one L or two in Philip? Two. Two L's. Okay. Got it on there. All right, and I went ahead and put your book on your uh, card, and you are one away from oh. a bingo. Yep, you uh, haven't gotten any new bingos for yours yet, but uh, yeah, probably still like two books away from getting another bingo. Okay. So that's uh, that's another one in the du- books. Oh wait, yeah. Um, and I guess for your next reading challenge, do you just want to bump Wolf House back? Yeah, so we'll do Wolf House, or Wolf Hall. I think it's Wolf Hall. Wolf Hall, yes. So we'll talk about that in a month's time. Yeah, all right, and that'll be good. Yeah, and what are we talking about next week? Next week we are talking about Quit Your Band, Musical Notes from the Japanese Underground by Ian F. Martin. All right. Which you can find on uh, Amazon or Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, as always, Elizabeth, it's uh, been a good time hanging out. Uh, you want to let the people at home know where they can hear us? Yeah, so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. You can find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com. And you can email us a question, suggestion, or comment to yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. Alright, and as always, I've been your brother co-host, Thomas Dempsey. I've been your sister co-host, Elizabeth Connor. It's been a good day, and we wish y'all goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.